Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Decent. Very, very, very decent. I've actually uh, got trial in the morning. Ooh. So I should not. Always plead not guilty. That's what I've learned from court shows. I should not be here. Yeah, it's not criminal, <laughs> so there's no guilty or not guilty. Oh. Uh, but here I am. Um, more objections is more better, is also something I've learned from court docudramas. M- more objections is is not better. Yeah, but... Uh, no, it's more better. Sometimes they're necessary. Um, yeah, so, so good. I'm a little stressed. I'm just kind of busy, and, uh, y- you know, I think I created created i produced about a thousand pages of paper today was there writing on them uh yeah there's something on all of them um not no this page intentionally left blank pages no no well no none of that uh you know but just between exhibits and motions you've got to prepare Jury instructions. Jury instructions are like seven pages. Uh, I would imagine, yeah, even for the most simple of cases. Um, yeah, actually, our jury jury instructions are longer than that. You've got to prepare. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff you have to prepare. And so th- th- there's just a lot going on, right? Um, but, yeah, I'm good. With that in mind, I'm actually pretty good. Nice. My experience with trial is always just sitting in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> e- excluded. Yeah. Because you're going to testify. Yeah, just sitting there waiting. Like, hey, come back tomorrow. Sweet. Yeah. Not working tonight. Yeah. Uh, that is that is an experience that's in some ways worse and in other ways better. It's typically better. All, all of the things, you know, uh, a trial, I think in people's mind, a trial is a lot of kabuki. And there is an element of trial you know there are parts of trial that are um but really there are just a lot of moving pieces um people don't always think about trial in the way lawyers have to you know if you're presenting a case and so you you know i think a lot of people think oh well you're just asking stupid questions or you know what's the point of this and then you know the judge may even say you know where are you going with this and I've got to say, oh, well, I've got this element of yeah, you have a question tree to get you there. And I don't get there <clears throat> if I don't get here. Okay, I understand. And you've got to do it by way of code because the witness is sitting right there. And, the, you know, the judge will know what you're going for. But the witness, you've got to say it in a way that doesn't like. Anyway, this is just a lot. So that's where my brain is. My so brain is. You definitely should be here drinking hard seltzer. Yeah. And <laughs> bullshitting with me. You need a break. Yeah. yeah. You deserve it. You've hey, earned it. I mean, I've earned it in terms of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. Fortunately, my client is a corporate client. And so we submit the bills on the 5th and we get the money on the 10th, no matter how much it is. Man. Yeah. It's fantastic. Are you billing these hours right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not billing these be. hours. But I did bill, you know, you, you, you know, in the course of two days, I've billed 
uh, 19 hours on this case. Yeah, I haven't seen your car at the house at all. And then I will bill at least another 20 hours over the course of the next two days. Jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. What are you getting? Uh, I might pay off some student loans. You know? <laughs> And we have the sad trombone noise. You don't have to make it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, sorry. So I apologize for my voice again. I swear to you all, yesterday my voice was fully normal. Today it's not so. I was really think, I was really starting to think that the COVID kid was no longer going to be the COVID kid. No, I'm still a COVID kid. One of our listeners, I'm not going to reveal who it is because it feels a little too personal, but one of our listeners is Speece speech pathologist no i'm aware and oh okay yeah, and i'm aware said, you can share it but they said they were worried about your voice andrew yeah no i'm aware that there's maybe a, some long-term impacts here everyone at work calls me the covid kid i'm not the only person <laughs> i work with who has got the rona uh i am the only person within the the little population of people that i work with that has been so affected by it yeah with long-term long-term, long-term side effects. like one of my coworkers, he's a little bit younger than me uh, he was out for about two months, like out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he. I've been talking to him because he's, you know, three months ahead of me in recovery, and he's like, "Yeah." When I came back, like my brain fog was gone, still kind of got short of breath, but that's because I'm fat. I'm like, well, you're not exactly fat, but I'm objectively in just better physical shape than he is. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, cool. So the COVID kid <laughs> rides. <laughs> so well. Uh, I'm, I'm really sad for you that you're having to go through this. I do hope for hopefully, recovery. Hopefully recovery. if, if this, if this does anything, this is just an encouragement to not get COVID yeah. for, for the, the seven people that listen to us. Just don't get COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Get vaccinated if you can. Or, you know, stay isolated. Take your pick. But because yeah, you, it's two months now, right? Yeah. April 13th, I got diagnosed. So we're in. April, May, so almost two months, yeah. 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 All of April, all of May, we're into June. And yeah. you're you're physically able to do everything now besides talk, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I still get a little bit short of breath, and brain fog's mostly gone, but yeah, just talking, which I mean, for most people, they appreciate that I can't talk, so. Right, no, definitely, I do. I, I assume the folks at home do, too. My right? wife loves it. I bet they wish I could get some sort of can't talk side effect and then they wouldn't have to hear us we could mouth kiss more and see if maybe laryngitis can pass you know direct contact pass okay (laughs) your choice uh but other than that you're doing well you're you're finishing up your weekend now wrong oh boy i'm on a week of vacation oh why Uh, i'm going to anderson island for a long weekend oh that's right you've got boys weekend we have buddy games coming up so we're going to go do buddy games on Anderson Island. Boys night. Several of them consecutively. Um, so I'm off week all, or off work all week. And I bring my work phone home on long weekends so I can check my email for subpoenas and shit. And I got subpoenaed for two cases at the end of this month for which I have no independent recollection of. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't remember. Like when it, it has a date on, you know, when the case occurred, the name of the accused and i was like mm, i have no memory of that you, you know that's actually that's not that bad right you oh, it's encounter awesome. yeah. so many people um 
I would say three or four times a week, Taylor, my assistant, will come into my office and say, Joe Schmo was on the phone, uh, wants to know a status update. And I go, do you know what case Joe Schmo is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I just, you know, if I don't have the file open, if I'm not working on it, I just don't. So I'll and know the all, name. I'm they're like, all okay, so yeah, similar. I they kind of blend together. And That's right. Unless it's a significant event. Like, I think I only remember five yeah. or so people that I've had like court appearances with. Yeah. Before like going back and reviewing, like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's, I mean, I know a lot of people, people I interact with all the time, but yeah. So I remember, I remember to do that and got a bunch of subpoenas, which is money, money, money. It's all overtime. Jackpot. You know, I work with a lot of adjusters. Adjusters will oftentimes have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of files. And yeah. So, you know, I always, I always, every time I email, I have a little blurb that I put at the top of the email to the adjuster that says, this is the case number, this is your claim number, this is your insurance policy number, this is our court case number, and here's the gist. And I just copy and paste that into every email It's at the top. Uh, because I know <coughs> those adjusters get the email. And if I'm like, hey, it's Everett, and I'm calling about the Smith matter, uh, they're like, dude. I attach the mugshot of people when yeah. I interact with POs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we are we are talking about watches today. And, we'll get and, there. And perhaps, perhaps we should we, talk about watches. Yeah, we've got a long episode. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got a new watch alert. Ooh, I'm, I'm not wearing it, uh, but we have posted on the Instagram. I got my Electra. Oh, you did? Or yes. the the Electra 55 Russian digital watch. You know, I messaged about that, and they were like, "Oh, huh, yeah." Message this guy, and I haven't messaged him yet. It, and they haven't. No, I haven't. I mean, I haven't messaged him yet. So it's a little bit on me that I haven't paid for my watch yet evidently yeah i it's interesting that you didn't get a message because the well, electronica so the electric yeah, i'm sorry the the electronica 55 so this is very reminiscent of an a 158 mm-hmm. w casio um it, it's it's a russian digital watch it's got 80s 90s vibes cyrillic they've made these in russia for you know the better part of 40 years um, it's got Cyrillic all over it. It is just, it's just a Russian Casio clone is basically what it is. Yeah. Um, these things are typically brass, you know, nickel plated brass or maybe chrome plated brass. I, I don't know what the difference is. Um, chrome but, plated, plated garbage, y- yes. you know, take your pick. The, so they're extremely cheap watches, um, but they're neat, right? And so the Russian forum the Russian Watch Forum on Watch You Seek. Gosh, what a year and a half ago? Uh, longer than that, two thousand nine, like September two thousand nineteen. I think was my first interaction with them. They announced that they're <clears throat> going to have Electronica manufacture a steel case, a steel case for their most popular movement, the fifty five um, movement caliber, and they're going to house them in a 
custom case specifically for watch you seek it's a forum project watch and so you know we've gotten updates over the years about this thing and finally i received mine in the in the mail this week and i got all pissed off because i vividly remember paying for mine i got created a paypal (laughs) but evidently i didn't pay for it yeah so i have to pay for my watch now but it's ordered it's ready to go it's mine i just have to pay for it and then they'll send it to me nice so you're gonna get one Mm -hmm. Well, so uh, well, just if I pay for it, just 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 like the basics, I really enjoy it. It's very small. It's it's tiny. I would say um, they offered these on a number of. It's F ninety one sized. Yeah, I think a little smaller than an F ninety one, maybe, or yeah, maybe F ninety one size. Um, they offered these things on a number of different straps, um, all of which looked really great on the internet. And I got a sort of bar link bracelet, which aesthetically matches it really well. It's one of those things where I got it and I was like, this bracelet just doesn't work. The bracelet is too nice for the watch. It's a little too sturdy. It doesn't have any articulation. And so I had to take it off the bracelet um, because it just wasn't, it just wasn't working for me. It's just too much bracelet for the watch. I, Put this thing on the the rubber strap that I had taken off my F84, which is the JDM F91 that I have. I stuck this F84 strap on it. It's probably um, perfect. It's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's got flared ends. It's got an 18 millimeter lug with flared ends. It is perfect. It's perfect. So I've been wearing it on that. Uh, really pretty neat. I'm pretty into it. So you can see the picture on the on our Instagram, or you can just Google Watch You Seek Electronica 55 Project. Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy. It's fun. I think I paid 70 bucks with the the bracelet that is stupidly overbuilt. Um, pretty neat. 70 bucks. I think it was 70 bucks with the bracelet with shipping and everything from Russia. That tracks. Yeah. So I think the watch head. I think it was like fifty five dollars, like all said and done. I think and the, then I think it's twenty bucks shipping. Yeah, that's right. I think the watch head was forty. <coughs> yeah, uh, or forty two or something like that. It's, it's all cheap. It's all in rubles. Yeah, which so you know it's not money, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, you for once don't have a new watch alert. I don't believe. No, no, for this week I don't. We'll see about next week. <laughs> I have a couple purchases coming in. Not really. And everyone's making fun of me. I got three watches yeah, no, in six months. No, no. You, that's right. It's not that much. Clay. I, I think we just don't buy many watches. I think relative to other people in the hobby and certainly relative to even our even our co even our team, we don't buy many watches. It, yeah, that that's right. So I think when we, you know, you went on a on a mini tear and it was like, whoa, something's happening. I went on a tear with some expensive watches. Yeah, you, and there were big purchases. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Um, speaking of which. All of which have a place in this conversation. Sort of. Tonight, today, as you listen, we are going to address the objectively Best dress sport watches under $1,000. That's a high price point. This is the highest we've ever gone for a single watch purchase. 
in the way of best ever, poor man's, and there's a reason for that. Yes. Number one reason being what we wanted to illustrate was how close the objective, scientifically proven rubric scores watches that range from, I think my least expensive watch was, I have to look, 254. Dress KX? Yep. Yeah. Most expensive being 815 mm-hmm. in the way of the C63. Now we should say we talked. We've talked at some point about implementing a price we have or a value factor in the the rubric. Ultimately, we decided against it. We felt like that that would sway answers. We couldn't come up with a way to implement a number that we felt like was fair, mm-hmm. um, and and so we decided against it. So I think that this conversation is best had. In terms of price segments, I think under a thousand is a pretty big price segment. With that said, with that said, I think that it's a reasonable place for us to set it for this conversation because I think for many people, a dress sport is an only watch. Yeah, you should get that and a DW fifty six hundred if you can only have two. And I think to the extent that it's not an only watch, it can. And, and and perhaps should be it could be and perhaps should be a centerpiece of a collection. I think mm-hmm. I think you and I sort of um, feel the same in that regard. And, and and to demonstrate that feeling we have, I think what we both realized pretty quick in this process is that the without having tried to do this because I don't think we did this deliberately, we both realized the rubric is built for the dress sport category. It is. It is the rubric for the dress sport. And we're not going to amend it for dive watches, dress watches, pilots. We're not going to do it because this is the watch that we like. This is the watch that's go anywhere, do anything. This style of watch is the affordable man's watch or affordable woman's watch. This is this is it. Yeah. The pinnacle of watch design that's right and and as mike was mike was as as we were excuse me as we were preparing for this episode mike asked a question it's a good question and 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 i think we can just deal with it at the front end here um he said is a is a dress sport watch a gata or go anywhere do anything watch or or vice versa are they the same is there a distinction um i I came to an answer and andrew you you can give your thoughts on the answer I, i think a go anywhere, do anything category is a is slightly wider. It's wider. It's much bigger. It includes dive watches. It includes a lot of chronographs. Theoretically, that's that's right. So this watch is specific to a dressy sport watch, and I think without really talking about it, we both decided and agreed that any sort of external rotating bezel is out. Yep. Um, probably multiple crowns are out. Although, as you will see, we make exceptions all the time and yeah. we don't feel compelled to justify them. Um, extra yeah. complications need a reason. Yeah. R- really, this has got to be a, a watch that's sporty mm-hmm. and dressy. It's a watch you can put on a manky and swing a hammer and put on leather and wear under a suit. Yeah. 
or 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 wear a bracelet under a suit because yeah. I wear a bracelet watches with suits regularly. I, I almost certainly will wear a bracelet watch tomorrow. But you take my point. Yeah, you're yes. so contrarian. <laughs> Always disagreeing with me. Uh, so yeah. So that's it. That our rubric our our parameters were unspoken but also pretty narrow. Cuz for me, a dress sport has no external rotating bezel. Comes on a bracelet. Looks good off a bracelet. Good water resistance. Can have a dome. Maybe shouldn't but can it's got refined elements in its design. Mm -hmm. It also has good loom. We're not talking dress watch here with no loom. It doesn't have a bunch of sub dials and additional complications. It's a simple watch that is surprisingly hard, but as you're going to hear in our scoring, very often well executed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as we go through this list, I had. Right, we we'll just go go through some of the numbers. Um, <coughs> all, every single one of our top ten water resistance scores are ten or eleven. Yep. Sizes ten. Every single one of our sizes is ten, with one exception. Two, a couple of exceptions, actually. But close. Um movements the 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 amount of movement variety in these watches is extremely low all sixes or sevens pretty much um you know shoes the strap bracelet situation kind of all over the place um aesthetic naturally all very close sevens and eights uh one nine uh durability durability numbers are all extremely high because this category is specifically intended to be durable. So and versatile. So for those of you who are just catching up, durability for us includes not just that it's 316L steel. Mm-hmm. It's also that it's versatile. It's mm-hmm. it it kind of incorporates some of that design aesthetic, but it's a watch that you can put on leather, rubber, nylon, bracelet, wear anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it encapsulates that. But it's also the watches, you know, for me it doesn't need to be sapphire, but sapphire is a big Point pusher and yep. durability. Yeah. Should we actually walk through the categories here? Yeah, we should. It's been a while since it's, we've done a it's been a while objective. Since, if you're unfamiliar, we've got a rubric for the objectively best X watch. We apply it uniformly to all watches, dive watches, dress watches, chronographs. Um, it has the following categories and available scores. Yeah. We start with water resistance, which is important, which is an important category. Water resistance is our only category in which you can get 11 points. Bonus point, if you will. You can get a bonus point. Diminishing return, even. For water resistance, we will give you one point for every 10 meters, for every atmosphere of water resistance, up to 110. 100. Up to... up to 110 meters of water resistance and anything over 110 meters is extra and we don't score it. So 100 is 10 and 110 is 11 points. So if you have 150, you get 11 points. If you have 
two hundred, you get eleven points. A thousand? Eleven points. Eleven points. Diminishing return. You get ten. Yeah. Size? This is a fun one. I can't wait for someone to come out with a hundred and ten meters of water resistance. (laughs) Just to get that extra point. Yeah. That's I mean, really. That's the size. Size? So size is a weird one. Yeah. Size is a weird one. Uh, it's, it's oftentimes the hardest to score, although in this category it wasn't. Um, size for anything between and including 38 to 40 millimeters, you get 10 points. And as you get away from those numbers, you lose one point for every half millimeter. So a 40.5 millimeter watch scores nine, nine points. Uh uh, thir- uh, what, what? Uh, uh, a 36 six points scores six points a 36 and a half scores seven points etc etc so between 38 and 40 including inclusively 10 points movement movement is a hard one because how do you peg a movement i think we Andrew and I have developed kind of an informal a process scale, for, a process for scaling that score point. And and generally, I think we, we agree on this. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we start with a high quality Swiss or Japanese quartz movement and a five. Yeah, and we we could probably make this a one to five scale. A Miyota eight thousand is a five. Yep. An NH movement, a Seiko NH movement, NH35, you know, the the 7S26 included or, or, Take your or pick the 4R, of, of clones, whatever, yeah. that's a 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miyota 9000, an Eta 2824, a Salita, what is it, 200? 24 series, yeah. 200 is, oh, yeah, but, yeah, okay. is an, a 7, a 6R is an 8. No, no, yeah. a six R is a seven. Excuse me, um, but o- above that, you know, you get your eights and nines and tens, and then you know, if you've got something with a complication, we plug it in wherever we feel like. And here's where it is important for me. Movement has context for me. So on a dive watch, if you put a mechanical movement in it, if you put a hand cranker in my diver. I don't care if it's the finest movement that has ever been made one of a kind in the world. You're losing points for that. Yeah. Because if my watch stops clicking when I'm underwater, I will die. <laughs> and that will bug me. Yeah. I mean, nobody dies with, but yes, I get the point. But the, yes. So there's some context, there's context to the movements, right? In, in the dress sport category, for me, I want an automatic movement, a quartz movement, an eco drive, something that's going to be ready, available, and I'm not going to have to hand wind. Yeah. I don't really want a quartz. I'd be down with eco drive. I'd be down with a hack. I'd be down with a mecha quartz. Yeah. But there, there's a little bit of objectivity there. And a little bit of subjectivity, kind of sliding in the scale of application of the technology. The category Andrew calls shoes, our next category. I call uh, it shoes, yeah. Strap, bracelet. Um, I, I think the easiest way to sort of 
explain this one is at least in my mind, and I think Andrew might have a different take <coughs> on this, the SARB, the SARB bracelet you know and love, which is a fairly good bracelet, but it has some problems, is a seven. Yep. And I just start there and and I and I move I move left or right depending. You know the uh the Alpinus is the exact same bracelet but with solid end links. Yeah, I and do. It's also still a seven. I do. I do. Uh aesthetic. That's an easy one. How good does it look? And fit the design it's intended to fit. Durability slash versatility. How good is this thing for doing things with? Yep. Those are all 10-point categories with the exception of water resistance. And then we have two five-point categories, loom and miscellaneous. I will tell you for this category, we're going to talk about a bunch of really, really good watches with good loom. Everything got a four. The best loom you can get on the market, well applied, is a four. Yep. It needs to have something extra to get a five. Yep. Uh, Indiglo, famously on our show, I believe, is one of the few fives we've given in the loom category. Notice often gets fives for me. And then we've got another five. And SWC gets fives for me in Loom. Well, SWC does crazy shit with Loom. 90 layers. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a miscellaneous X Factor. This is the most touchy-feely category. Is this cool? How cool is this? How cool is this watch? Are the Is the brand doing something cool? Is the design something cool? Yes. Is the Is it innovative? Or is it a repeat of round watch, straight lugs, white dial, crown guards? All of the watches we scored today, almost all of them, would have been first, second in any other objectively best episode we've ever done, just in terms of score. Yeah. For reference, the point difference between my first point watch or my first place watch and my second place watch was six points. Your last place watch. Yeah, not second place, last place. Yes, that's right. So that's we we very often have huge swings um, in terms of score. We just don't this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some honorable mentions. Uh, in fact, we'll probably honorable mention about six or seven watches. A couple of those didn't do well because they have lower water resistance. I'm telling you, if you wanted to be in the running in this in this episode. You needed to have 100 meters. Of you need to have 110. And if you didn't, you weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. All of our top four, all of our top four have 150 or better water resistance. Yep. Yeah. So and, that's, the, that's the rubric. And, and with that, <clears throat> we had some watches that didn't do well this week. We have some like 19th place mm-hmm. finishers. With these watches, this rubric, this is the Olympics. You had to bring your A-game. You you had to bring your A-game. There is no watch on here that I wouldn't be very pleased to own. There are just watches that are objectively, by the grading standards by which we grade and assess watches, better than others Mm -hmm. and there's some killers on this list that do not do well (laughs) 
<laughs> well, why don't we do that? Why don't we start with some honorable mentions? Why don't we start first with our lower water resistance watches? Because I think some of these are pretty cool. I, I want to start with what I knew was going to do poorly, but had to include because it's one of my favorite off-brand, off-key watches in this category. And it's the Brew Retro Magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. Retromatic. I got auto-corrected. <laughs> Try typing Retromatic in your phone. It'll auto-correct Retromagic. <laughs> this is, by design, by aesthetic, everything that a dress sport watch is. It's clean, it's refined, it's attractive, but you know, 50 meters of water resistance. Took it out of the run. That's a six point swing right away. Yeah. And then you start looking at loom and this is closer to a dress watch in the way it's specced. Yeah. But this is, this is absolutely worth consideration for those of you who don't get wet. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. What's what's up next on our on um, our honorable mentions for poor water resistance? What do you got? Um, you, you I didn't rain any of the poor water <clears throat> resistance ones. So my next one, and I'm not real jack to talk about it, but I'm going to mention it. It's killer. Was it's water resistance? Um, it wouldn't have scored. It would it wouldn't have been a top ten watch otherwise. But it went from a top, you know. 15 to last because of its water resistance. And it's the Vinton 38 or the Vinton 30 from Shinola. Yeah. Really classically designed sport watch. It has that very Shinola kind of railroady vintage inspired design. It's a good looking watch and it's, 550 bucks. Yeah, they're not cheap, but they're, they're, not, not, they're yeah. not crazy expensive. They're, they're very mid-range. They're coming with high-accuracy quartz. They're assembled in the U.S. They're, they look good. I've never, I haven't ever been hands-on with one, but it's water resistance, man. 50 meters kills you in this category. Yeah. Because in this category, at least for me, so I had an interesting experience. When you Google dress watch, you get dress watches. When you Google sports watch, you get Suntos. When you Google sport watch, you get Timex. <laughs> this category is kind of lost to orology, which kind of makes it cool in that the way this category exists, you know, the OPs, the explorers, and everything down the line, right? And I use those as sort of the pinnacles because that's what we look to everything in this category doesn't fall into an homage or an a wannabe, but it falls into the filled a place of. You need that. You need that adventurer spirit of a watch that you can fuck up and not hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. It can be with you to climb Everest and to hold your kids. You can change a diaper in it and you can dive in it. You can do anything in these watches. And that's why water resistance is so important because this is this is the adventurer's watch. This is the one watch to rule them all kind of thing. 
that was my other really poor water resistance experience. So another watch that made our list today uh, didn't make our tops. The VRA5, um, you scored this one slightly better than I did. Either way, it wasn't really in the running. No. Uh, This is a watch It's kind of hard to get. They they typically don't come on bracelets, although they have released a bracelet for this watch. But VAR is just a super cool company. Yeah. These things are assembled in the United States. Automatic movements. um, Super, like, like, simple unobjectionable field watch dials yeah cool company cool dudes from la very gm lang super simple but not a copy Mm -hmm. and if you don't care if it's assembled in the u.s you don't have to get that Mm -hmm. you can pay less and get it assembled elsewhere that's right that's right they they do they do it they do some neat stuff um another watch another watch that i thought I think we both thought might do a little better than it did. Uh, the, the Dress KX. Yeah. Also, I will say, if you Google Seiko Dress KX, which is a term that was coined here on this show. I be- also, Sex I believe, KX. I, I believe that, that that was coined here. If you Google Seiko Dress KX, <coughs> the top link is a link to the Seiko website where they sell the SRPE models. Uh, I, I don't know. I assume that that's not Google and that that's Seiko, but, but I could be wrong. I mean, we were the first ones to be hands-on and to publish on it. Maybe not the first ones, but amongst the first. We were the first ones publishing on it. That's right. And we were also the only ones to call it the Sex KX, which hasn't taken off in Google yet. Don't Google it, (laughs) especially on a work computer yet. Uh, it it didn't do great. It, no. it did okay. It's got a poorer movement than many of these watches. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got a, not a great bracelet, um, and so it just didn't. It just couldn't compete. It, it, it's such a great watch, but as you'll see as we move forward, the rest of the watches as we move up are just incredible. So it's such a competitive category. Such a competitive category. That's right. Uh, and, and I think the next one. I think the next one that we should talk about. Um, I think I scored this just a little bit better than you did. Not much. Um, but a watch I think is really cool. Uh, the Batavi Architect. This is a watch mm-hmm. that I recently reviewed. Um, and I think it's just fantastic. I think Batavi is a great brand. I think that the, what they did with this watch is great. It's It's got this really de- deceptive dimensional thing going on where it feels bigger than it actually probably is but also doesn't feel too big. Um, it's really, really sexy. It, it it didn't score as well as some of these others, at least on my list, because it's got kind of poor loom. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it does not prioritize loom. Um, but it's a wood dial, right? Uh, well, there's a wood dial, there's a copper dial, and then there's like, a, I think, a blue enamel dial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so different materials, really, really neat watch. It's a very Kickstarter-y, like super innovative. Yes. Let's see how it does. Yeah, that, that's right. I think it's a great watch. It just didn't score that well. Um, and, and and when I say it didn't score that well, it would have basically won any other list we've done. Um, yeah. with, <laughs> with that said, I think you you didn't like the fact that it's an integrated bracelet. I don't like integrated bracelet lug combinations. It's really limiting for me in this category. And I don't know what category it's going to do better in. 
but basically any other category that this watch falls in where we score it, it wins. Yeah. You, you know, I gave you some shit earlier because I think that that take is, is maybe got some limitations, but you, you know, I think one of the most classic dress sport watches, the AP Royal Oak, yeah. uh, is an integrated bracelet. And I don't uh, like it. Um, and, and so, so I think, for me, I take a little bit more open-minded stance uh, into, in just just to say, I think if it's got a great bracelet, it could be great. Um, in this case, uh, I really like the bracelet on the Batavi. I did not like the clasp. It's got a butterfly clasp, and I wasn't a fan. I like those. Um, the, the bracelet is great, though. So, yeah, it just didn't make the cut. So we're through our honorable mentions. Yeah. We, we've, and we're at 40 minutes. We've got a few more that we can probably grind through here. Okay. Uh, the Yemma Flygraph. Yep. The GM Langer, GM Lang Trail Seeker. GM Langer. GM Langer Trail Seeker. Um, the Traska Commuter. Yeah. Which would have done better. If it was. If it were bigger. If it were bigger. That's right. Which is unfair. Um, it, perhaps. It, was, it did only lose three points. <laughs> the the notice sector sport great watch mm-hmm. just didn't quite make fell it a little bit short halios universa i scored the halios universa well enough to be in a to be in our top four or five you did not and there's some not. things you don't like about it biggest thing for me is a hand cranker in a dress sport yeah. i want a dress sport to be an automatic i want it to be a high accuracy quartz i want it to be maybe an ego drive and even that's going to take a hit hand cranker for me in this category is a no-go and I think there were some aesthetic things you didn't like. Too. Yeah, there's a couple other aesthetic things that are just a miss for me. So that that right there is our honorable mention list. We've got five watches left to talk about. And so you, you know these watches, many of them. Um, I think there would be a couple surprises on here. Uh, with that said, I think we can get right to it. Bottom of this pack, the Traska Summit tier. Yeah. Which should be no surprise because it was our best sport watch under five hundred and one dollars, right? <laughs> and and which is not to say that paying more money necessarily makes it more better. It is to say that it just didn't quite hold up to its competitors in this category. That's right. And, and and right, it does really well. Uh, 100 meters of water resistance, so it quote unquote loses a point. It did, there. and if it gets if it's 110 meters, it probably wins. It gets much closer. Um, it, it does do well. It's got that. So it, this does a little bit better in, than some of the other watches mm-hmm. in the durability category because it's got this proprietary scratch resistant coating. So it makes up that point. It makes up the point. Um, it's got a decent, it's got a decent movement. It's got a Miyota 9000, which yep. is, you know, in our minds, as good as a Miyota 2824. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a fantastic watch. You guys, great size, 38 and a half millimeters, full marks, fantastic bracelet. Um, I think it's maybe just a little boring for me. It, yeah, it, it, it's a little fieldy for me, mm-hmm. for this category. It, it kind of is is the way that Laurier is a touch fun mm-hmm. with the texture dial to be going with a 36 millimeter, what ought to be a dress watch in the Falcon. Um, but I kind of like that. It just is a slight miss. Yeah. 
just a touch miss, which is not to say I don't love this watch. It's just a touch of a miss for this kind of specific category of something that could fit as a dress watch, but also could fit with a t-shirt. Fourth place. I don't remember. You have the final scores. Oh, Orion Hellcat. Tracks. We've talked about this watch so many times, you guys. Surprised it didn't do better. Yeah. Well, and, and so looking at the scores, it does well in every category. The bracelet, I think it loses maybe one. It, it's got a lovely bracelet, but the bracelets it's up against are just a little bit better. And you require a special tool. Right. <laughs> it, because, lost, it lost no point. No yeah. points for the tight tolerances. No. But it gained some points for that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, it, it loses a point for water resistance because it's yep. only 100 meters. Uh, so, and when we say lose a point, that's almost a perfect score, you guys. So, it, ten, yeah. 10 points water resistance, 10 points <clears throat> size on my list. Andrew's list is slightly different. Well, the size and water resistance are the same. Seven points movement. Yep. Seven points bracelet. I gave it an eight for looks, which is the second highest score I gave to any watch today for looks. Uh, eight for a durability, right? It's yep. got everything you need to be a super durable durable watch. Um four on loom because the loom mm-hmm. is great and a four on x factor because it's a really fucking cool watch yep uh i don't know what more we can say about the hellcat because you guys should go buy one and they're fucking awesome yeah um, it's the thinnest watch on this list i believe uh the prx is probably thinner oh, and yeah. also the uh vinton is like crazy thin but in our top five in our top five <clears throat> it's the thinnest watch yeah by a mile Coming in at number three, coming in at number three, the newly acquired by Andrew, Christopher Ward, C63, Sealander mm-hmm. Automatic. So Andrew's got a slightly different version of this. No, I have the C63 Auto. I have the, the white You have auto. the GMT, though. No. Oh, I thought you had the GMT. No. You've got the three-hand. Okay. Yeah. So this is, the, this is the three-hand automatic movement C63. Uh... And it scores, what, a half a point higher than the Hellcat yep. combined. Yep. Yeah. For our averages. So this yeah. the this top five rating is the average of our two scores. Yes. Yes. So so just to be clear, uh, Summiteer, 56.5. So that's the lowest by a pretty wide margin in the top five. The Hellcat, 58.5. The C63, 59. So combined between the two of us, we gave it one extra point. Yep. And for me, my only complaint about this watch is there is not enough taper on the bracelet. Yeah, that's right. I, I yeah, And I marked it down on, on the bracelet because the bracelet's very... I didn't mark it down, just didn't get top marks for a bracelet. It just needs a touch more taper on the bracelet. It's a little bit chunky. That's it's a great bracelet. It's got quick release. I like it. It's perhaps the perfect traveling watch. If you want to go somewhere for the weekend and you don't want to bring a bunch of watches... Or tools, quick release bracelet, C63, money. Next up. So next up, 59 and a half points, the Astro and Banks Fortitude. This surprised me. It did. This is our second place watch. I don't know that a lot of people are talking about this watch today because there have been so many releases in this category, but this is a fantastic watch. (sighs) So good. 
It's a fantastic watch. Uh, where did where did this thing stand out for you on your list? Because I know you scored it pretty highly as well. Um, the aesthetic for me, it's it's the colorway, the 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 colors, the way that Andrew has designed this thing from the ground up feels to me the likes of Christopher Ward of Monta of these totally innovative from the ground up design watches. Yeah. His colors are perfect. The, and we got an opportunity to, you know, have one of these for a while. The way it wears, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. And it's just executed really well at every corner. Yeah. Uh, and it's same for me. I gave this really high marks on the aesthetic because I think it's a really attractive watch. Uh, also, also, uh, durability. This, yep. this gets an extra point over some of these other watches in the durability factor because it is got an anti-magnetic factor to it. Yes. And that's not something that we see a lot in this category. And we don't really know what it means, We, but we like it. <laughs> I mean, I do know what it means, but yeah, it, it, it is able to resist magnetic forces and keep the movement, uh, the movement's less prone to becoming magnetized if you're working in a radiology lab or something. So, Or doing anything that for some reason watches get magnetized in, yeah, that's which right. seems to be like, I don't know, I was at a stoplight and then my watch got magnetized. Right. Who the fuck knows how it happened? I don't know. So that's our number two watch. It surprised me that it was this high. I did not expect it to do quite as well on this list. I expected it to be a top five. I did not expect our number one to be the number one. Number one watch. So this is a look, you guys. This might be a little controversial. It's controversial. It's it's it might be a we picked the Seiko Alpinus. Alpinus. Alpinus as our number one watch. We both scored this thing higher than anything else on our lists. By a point. By a point. Yeah, that's right. We're we're really very close. We're, we're really very close on these. But for for uh, reference, Fortitude, so, so C6359, Fortitude 59 and a half, this thing's 60, right? So there's not a lot in between these watches. The Alpinist wins it. The Alpinist is the objectively best sport watch under $1,000. Yep. Dress sport watch. And you know what? There's some controversy here. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's got a second crown. It's got an internal rotating bezel. And for me, I'm okay with that. Me too. And I'm okay with it for several reasons. Number one is the second crown doesn't appear like a chronograph pusher. It doesn't poke out. I mean, it does poke out a little bit. If it's a crown, it must but the integration of the second crown and how thin that internal rotating bezel is, this watch was clearly designed for this purpose with an extra. Mm-hmm. This watch was, is, should be a direct competitor with the Explorer, with the OP in the way of aesthetic in the way of functionality. It's just got a little something extra. And I dig it. Not just because I have one. Not just because I love them. No, you have one because you dig it. Yeah. That's right. This watch is so fucking cool. It has all the things. 
and just a little bit extra. You know this. This is the watch that won our. This is the watch that won our. I mean, it wasn't a win, but this is you know when we did our Explorer. Yeah. Uh, show you know, poor man's Explorer. Our last, most recent. Uh, <coughs> it was like, hey, really, you guys, this is the answer. And then we're going to talk about some other watches, but mm-hmm. forget everything else we say because the Alpinist is the answer. This is so. So first, I mean, this gets high marks for me on X Factor. It's the only five I had today for X Factor, uh, and, and there's some good reasons for that. I'll talk through them real quick. Uh, the first, the Alpinist line is a storied line. Yes, uh, it's very, very Japanese, which I think is cool. Um, it is a watch that was made to be awesome and has remained awesome in a way we don't see a lot in this industry. Uh, yeah. you, you know, with the exception of Rolex or perhaps Omega, we don't see companies keeping watches awesome like this. And, and it's changed notably in some ways, but they've always had it. The DNA has remained. It's always been awesome and they've never neutered it. Yep. In fact, they improve it. So, well, I don't know. The latest release is a bit of a degradation. Yeah, I don't think that's a real. I don't think that's a real. Uh, and anyway, so it's got a six-hour movement, which competes side to side with a twenty-eight, twenty-four, mm-hmm. or Miyota nine thousand in our scale. Um, it's got fantastic durability score because it's just built to fucking take a whooping. And I have given it a whooping. Blow out of the water loom. 150 or 200 meters of water resistance. Yep. Great design. Yep. It is simultaneously a tool watch with its internal compass and a dress watch. And that X factor, it's just got the thing. It's just fucking cool. Man. It's golden buzzery. I don't know why, but it gets it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so what, what reference did you pull up? The SBPB. I use the SBDC reference. Uh, you know, XXX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. You can get the Sarbo 17 yeah. still for 500-ish bucks. You can which, get the SBDC line on Gnom Nom for 668 I think. Yeah. All of these have a... So the new ones use the 6R35 movement... With the big power reserve, I know you're not a big fan of extended it's not, power reserves. But it, it's but a thing, right? It matters-ish. That's right. Uh, you know, the, the Sarbo 17 will have the the lower power reserve, 6R15. Um, but it's just it's just great, man. It's the coolest watch, and it looks good. I would wear this to court any day of the week and not think twice about it. The bracelet looks good. It's the Sarb bracelet, for those of you familiar, yep. with solid end links. You were commenting on, I have my Sarb on that bracelet. You're like, have you ever even worn this bracelet? <laughs> I was like, that that must be the Alpinist bracelet. Because, <laughs> yeah, I have worn the Sarb bracelet. And I've I've only ever worn the Sarb on rubber and the Mankey. So that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. That's the winner. The objectively best under a bill. And now, and to the extent you, so here's the thing. We talked about 10 watches. To the extent you disagree the winner is just the Eastern Banks Fortitude. Okay, you guys, just yeah. disregard the last four and a half minutes of our conversation. The winner's the Fortitude. And and let me, I'm just going to run down but really actually, quick. The I'm not, the I'm not going to link them all, but I'm going to run down the list of watches that we we included in our ranking. Um, 
Alpinist, Falcon 2, Sector Sport, C63, Halios Universa, Orion Hellcat, Brew Retrograft, uh, Brew Retrograph, Traska Cemetery and Commuter, <laughs> the GM Lang Trail Seeker, Shinola Vinton 30, the, the Tiso PR100, the Astron Banks Fortitude, Yema Flygraph, Certina DS2, Islander ISL 36, Tiso PRX, Batavi Architect, Seiko Dress KX, Veyer A5, Alcadis OP39. It's a it's a hell of a list. This is right now probably the most saturated. I say that term neutrally saturated market in terms of micro brand watches and just watches in general. You know, you go to you go to uh, Macy's and you're going to find mostly watches that will generally fit in this category. Um, so there's just a lot of great choices. But the watches that we talked about today are almost universally phenomenal. And the watches I just ran down win most of the lists we've ever done. That's right. That's right. How many of the lists that we've done would the GM Lang Trail Seeker win? I think at, at, at 240 bucks. Or I think the right SARB is like 56, 57 points. Yeah. So the Trail Seeker comes in for me at 55. Right. And the SARB no longer counts. It's not readily available new in stock. Like That's right. New in box. There, it's on eBay for like 900 bucks. <laughs> you can find it other places for like five to six, yeah. but I've seen a few at 400, but there's no new old stock. Sarb is gone. Yeah. That's why it wasn't on this list. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's it. That's it. Uh, send us your complaints. Uh, send us your, uh, your, your ideas for watches that we've missed. Feel free to rank, feel free to rank these watches yourself. You guys know the rubric. Uh, feel free to watch to to rate them yourselves and tell tell us what you think we got wrong. We didn't, Andrew. Other things, what do you got, man? <laughs> I, I know these well and I like them. I'm sure that's not annoying to people at home. My other thing this week is snack food. It's called Wisps. Wisps. W-H-I-S-P-S. Cheese crisps. The bag that you have heard are Parmesan cheese crisps. It's Parmesan baked till it's crispy and cut into circles. (laughs) <laughs> it's so good it's so good yeah so they have a few different flavors uh the two that i really go for are asiago pepper jack and regular ass parmesan they you can get them at costco at least my costco i don't know how much they are i just buy them because costco you spend increments of 100 dollars. there's literally no in between you go buy a thing it's a hundred dollars you go buy six things it's $200, 12, 200. Like it's just, it's bizarro, their pricing model. <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter. So they're available on Amazon. Um, they're the smaller packages. I think they call them their share or their personal size packages. They're amazing. For those of you unfamiliar with crispy cheese, what are you doing wrong with your life? What are you doing wrong? Tomorrow morning, 
and I say morning, grab a handful of shredded cheese, throw it in a pan, fry it till it's crispy, flip it till it's crispy, eat it. That's wait, wait 15 to 20 minutes. Seconds. That, it's oh, got to really? be a little you like hot. It, you like it hot and soft. Oh, I go fast. I like it when it's a little, I like it when it's a little muted. That's fair. But what we can agree on is that fried cheese is the truth. This isn't fried. I think these are baked or air fried or something because they're they're like fluffy, kind of like Cheeto-y. Um, they are so good. Mm. I don't care how much they cost. They're that good. And here's the thing. So my wife is keto again. Yeah. I'm not. I'm keto, but and so I eat these. I don't care. You don't live in my house. Your snacks don't affect me. Her also snacks true. affect me. Your snacks affect me a little bit, but not as much as hers. These are keto friendly. They're gluten free. They're all the like dietary restrictions suitable. Unless you're a low fat diet and then sorry for all kinds of reasons. High fat, high protein, sweet because it's Parmesan, salty, crunchy. I'm, I prefer these to Cheetos. I prefer these to Doritos. They're so good. So if you're looking for a new snack to add to your lineup of snacks, or if you're kind of like dipping your toe in the water of keto and looking for something crunchy, because that was the, my issue with keto. Crunchy, like crispy. A little hard to find. And also be delicious. Right here. Yeah. Wisps. 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 Uh, I'm going to eat one while you listen. Really good. Not also, going to because it also, would be miserable to listen to. There are, listen you guys, this is an add-on to Andrew's other thing. This is not my other thing. There are recipes that you can find very easily online to make cool ranch Dorito seasoning. You take, you take ranch powder. Yeah. I've and, done ranch meatballs. It's and so you good. Add them to some add it to some other stuff. If you take these things and coat them or popcorn or whatever your snack of choice is and coat them in cool ranch flavored it's happening. seasoning, it will change your life. Do it with popcorn, right? So get popcorn, you can air pop it, or better, you can stove pop popcorn and then immediately dust it in cool ranch. Fuck. It will change your life, you guys. It's changing my life just thinking about it. I've done uh, someone, I was arguing with someone that blue cheese stuffed meatballs were superior to ranch stuffed meatballs because ranch is a liquid. Yeah. And blue cheese stuffed meatballs are good. But then I made ranch seasoning mixed, you know, stuffed meatballs. They're also pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> They're no, no blue cheese because you don't get that crisp yeah, yeah. from the melted cheese, but they're also pretty good. <laughs> So I've got another thing. This is a little weird, but I think it's I think it's timely that we bring it up. So some of you guys know I run occasionally very long distances. Because um, he gets lost. It's not a function of desire. That, <laughs> um, I, uh, in the midst of running, have all sorts of, you know, equipment that you might need for running long distances. AFib. Um, that's right. DFib. That, that's right. Uh, EpiPens. Um, of the most importance for running distances longer than about, say, 15 miles, which I do pretty regularly, um, a bladder, a, a hydration bladder is an important thing to have. Uh, hydration bladders are one of those places where you try to research and it's very hard to figure out what's good 
and what's bad. And, and there's some good reasons for that. Uh, one is that many, many manufacturers are making very good hydration bladders today. Um, and, and, and they're at the top kind of indistinguishable, right? You see, you know, good reliability, you see good quality, um, all those things. But I am a guy who's used a lot of hydration bladders. And the last one I bought is the best I've ever used. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one, it fills extremely easily. I've had some hydration bladders that fill easier, but the by way of filling easier, they also leaked. This fills very easily. It does not leak. It has been extremely durable. As far as I can tell, I haven't had it long enough to give it a long-term durability review. Um, it drinks faster than any other hydration bladder I've ever used, which in certain circumstances, that doesn't matter. But when you're running 40 miles through the mountains in central Oregon, that's an extremely nice feature. Uh, this is a company called Platypus, which is just gonna say Platypus, well known, um, well known in what uh, the outdoor world for for their hydration. You know what's super nice about their straw? It yeah. fits on smart water bottles. It, their it, hose does. That's right. Yeah, it does. And and furthermore, the um, the screw. And the straw screws on, and the screw, sorry, the the thread, cap. Yeah. the cap, is the same cap as like a standard water bottle that you'd get at the store, and also the same thread size for a Sawyer Squeeze yep. water filter. Yeah. So you can use these with a Sawyer Squeeze water filter if you're in the sticks. Uh, what you couldn't do would... Be to fill it through the water filter if you were using it to, so to squeeze used, through the. I've used a platypus bladder for a while, and I have used a poison platypus bladder before I brought it home to bleach it because I always keep backups because two is one, one is none. Yes, uh, and I usually have smart water bottles, but I had one that was leaking. My extra bladder was empty. I filled it, was filtering it into my new platypus bladder all with the same straw because those thread counts are all the same. Yeah. So I have my poison bladder, my drinking bladder, my Sawyer squeeze and my straw. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I needed it because otherwise I would have died. So if you're looking for a hydration bladder and you may be, I don't know. Uh, I if never, you aren't, if you use any, if you're ever the type of person to use a hydration bladder, Get a platypus. Get, and then next time, just get one. Get a platypus. Or get one now. The the, the Two one, is one, one is none. The one I have is the platypus hoser. It's called a hoser. Canadian? Two liter platypus hoser, hands-free hydration system water reservoir. Uh, the mouthpiece is great. That's something I think most companies are doing pretty well today. But just the water flow. The water flow is better than any other reservoir I've ever used ever before. Concur. That's it, man. If you just said anything else, I would have like, I'd have punched you or something. Well, that's good because sometimes we have different opinions about things and that's okay and that's good. Um, but we've never talked about this topic. Hmm. 
So it's kind of cool that we've uh, come to the same conclusion totally independently. For real. Andrew, what else do you got today before uh, before we exit the show once again for the end of the week? I had a wisp, man. I'm out of things. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Check us out online, watchclicker.com. As you know, that's where Watch Clicker uh, puts all its reviews, articles, and every single episode of this podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 or at WatchClicker. We post regular updates, pictures, cool stuff on Instagram, like everybody else does. If you want to support the show or the WatchClicker project, uh, generally, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Yep. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>